1: Let's go! Good one for us, you know. Again, just to, to add to the uh, run we've been on, so it's important to win the game. Firstly, but we started the game really well. You know, really good control, creating decent enough chances. And then second half, we probably got a bit ragged. And then when you don't get the second goal,
2: you know, you always expect a bit of pressure at the end of the game. So it's an exciting one, and it will be over the two legs. And um, you know, it's one we're really looking forward to. The boys are excited, and we want to bounce over to Belgium and um, give a real good account of ourselves and, and make the supporters proud. And um, hopefully, we can reward them with a positive result and set rocks up for next week. The next week. Goal radio football- Show.
3: With OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, with Gary Caldwell and Craig Moore. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 1717 17 700. Let's go! Go!
4: Yeah, we're nearly 24 hours on from Celtic's fifth win on the bounce and only three hours away from Rangers' return to European football. It's 15 points now between the top two in the Premiership, but the title countdown is not on the radar for Rangers at the moment as they prepare to play Royal Antwerp Uh, in the Belgium, it is in the Europa League last 32. Is former Rangers defender Craig Moore feeling confident? Let's ask him.
5: Rob, how are you, mate? Yeah, look, I think that uh, Royal Antwerp, as is, is good of a season they're having, second in the, in the Belgian League, do have some injury issues leading into this game. Um, physically, a very strong side. But I think that it is a game that Rangers can actually get something out of tonight.
4: We shall see. It's an eight o'clock kickoff tonight in Belgium. Second leg at Ibrox next week. Celtic are clawing back some credibility at the moment and nibbling away at the yawning gap between themselves and the champions in waiting. So, what are you feeling, Gary Caldwell? Pleasure at Celtic's return to form or pain because the horse has already bolted? What do you think?
6: Yeah, I think it's a long way back still for them in terms of. Uh, you know, getting back into a title race but I think the confidence is coming back in the players I think the performances have been improving and and results have been much better recently and they just have to keep going till the end of the season wherever that may take them uh, in terms of this year I, I think it's probably too far the gap but if they finish strong in terms of results it, it gives them uh, more belief for, for next season to, they don't want the season to just kind of peter out in, into nothing so Uh, I think Lenny will be happy with with how they're playing and they just need to keep winning games and and focus on, on doing that
4: so looking back on last night uh, Celtic won Aberdeen nil five wins on the bounce for Neil Lennon and co uh, also St Mirren won Hamilton won Aki's just keep on picking up points don't they doing really well doing their usual it's an annual event isn't it we write them off and uh, they stick two fingers up towards us to be honest and uh, they continue to survive in Scottish football's uh, top flight so looking back looking forward we should have the team news before the end of the show uh Antwerp against Rangers Rangers back on uh, Europa League business uh, tonight Roof and Morelos back in the squad so in terms of uh, things European, what has been your favourite European night? We'll be asking uh, Craig Moore and Gary Caldwell, the memory men uh, who be, will be struggling through their recesses of uh, their grey matter to try and dig out their favourite European uh, memories. What about you as well in the days when we were went to football matches or maybe you weren't even at the match you watched it on telly listened to it on radio what's your favourite European night your favourite European memory the other question that we're posing to you among lots of others tonight is who is the next big thing in European football with Messi and Ronaldo uh, knocking on a bit Now, last couple of nights, we've seen 20-year-old Erling Haaland bagging a double for Dortmund in Seville, adding to his mind-boggling goals total already for him at the age of 20. 18 Champions League goals. It's ridiculous. And Kylian Mbappe, he's 22, so he's getting on a bit, isn't he? And uh, he went one better on Tuesday night with a hat-trick for PSG in Barcelona. Which of them is the most exciting Talent, Gary Caldwell, I'll throw that one at you right off the bat uh, tonight. Wh- which of those two flicks the switch for you?
6: I think they're both outstanding football players uh, and and so young as well. So the potential they have is is enormous, uh, what they could both become if, if we see what they're doing now and the numbers that they're getting now. For me, an out-and-out number nine is hard to find. And I think Haaland is... Just everything you would want in a, in a centre forward. He's, he's big, he's strong. He's, he's scary. He's quick. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't like to play against him. Uh, but Mbappe has that you know, pace and, and creativity coming off a side. But uh, both outstanding players and, and hopefully you know, they, they keep progressing and we have uh, the enjoyment of watching them for many years to come.
4: It was incredible what uh, PSG did to Barcelona in the camp now Tuesday night, Craig.
5: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's been a struggle, hasn't it, for for Barcelona, but still for for PSG and uh, to go and do such a job uh, on Barcelona at, at home, and you know, touching on Mbappe, um, look, he's, he's he is one of those players that he just seems to to glide by players effort effortlessly. Um, there's only certain top players that can do that on a regular. Uh, basis, and he's fantastic. He takes up great areas, can score goals. He's obviously got a little bit more flexibility to his game than than Harland, for example, who is just an absolute tank. Um, you know, a, a physical specimen that is perfectly suited for for the modern game. And as Gary touched on, like as a as a focal point for you in terms of a central striker. There's not much out there that's better than him, and, and he's still just a young lad. And I believe he's scored more Champions League goals at uh, at his age now uh, with Messi and Ronaldo combined. So we can see yeah. the potential of this player, and he's got a huge future ahead. I think of him.
6: their mentality as well, both their mentalities. You know, I see Halland's interviews. You know, he has this confidence. You know, his self belief is incredible, and Mbappe as well. You know, for for young players, that's. You know, To have the ability is one thing, but to have that mental uh, strength and self-belief is another.
4: I, th- I saw he said uh, to uh, Haaland that uh, he'd watched Mbappe on Tuesday night scoring a hat-trick and he thought, all right, you've done that. No, I'll, yeah. I'll see what I can do tonight. They're, 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 so they're firing up each other by the looks of it.
5: Yeah, and look, and that's something that Ronaldo and Messi have done for years, that kind of rivalry, that, that, that competitive uh, streak within these players that the, they want to go out um, and, and, and continually improve and get one over on that so-called, uh, you know, better player uh, perceived to be in the world. So, look, two great young players that have huge futures, um, experienced already so much. But, um, you know, Harlem will eventually see in the premiership.
4: I should have said right at the top of the show, good to have you back. It's been a few weeks since you've been on the show in the studio, Craig.
5: It has, it has, yeah. No, it's always, always good to get back, though. Um, three weeks, uh, I was down in London for a little bit, was away uh, to Dubai, don't know whether I should say that with everything that's happened. Did you but, get full uh, we clearance? Tested, <laughs> we t- tested on, on, on the way in, tested on the way out for some, some business here, yeah, uh, and got back, fortunately, just before all the flights and all that were cancelled. So, well,
4: well, it's good to have you back, uh, although you are part of the furniture uh, around here, to be honest, that has to be said. And Gary Caldwell is the, is the star attraction tonight. We've been on the phone on the show a few times, Gary. So it's good to have you uh, with us in the studio. What are you up to at the moment? What's happening?
6: Uh, I'm busy with lots of different things done a bit of media uh, different parts of the media uh, I've I set up my own one-to-one uh, football consultancy where I work with three players down in, down in England uh, and coach some academy players down there as well I feel like that one-to-one uh, relationship with players and helping players is is something that a lot of players are looking to now having been a manager I understand the demands on, on coaches and managers. It's it's win the next game and, and you're fighting to save your job or I've been fighting to save my job most most times I've been in it. Uh, so I've, I've done that and really enjoyed that working with some really good players and, and seeing them progress uh, and being involved in football in that way is, has been good.
4: You you were young to management, weren't you? I mean, I was listening to to Five Live on the BBC last night, and I heard Stephen Warnock, and and I think he was talking about young managers working for playing for young managers, and he was telling the story of having uh, grown up with you to a certain extent because you you know you you went you were at Liverpool, weren't you, together as as kids, um, and then and then cut to early thirties, uh, and he went to Wigan, he he went to Wigan where you were the manager at, I think you were was it 32 or 33 when you became manager at Yeah I was Wigan.
6: 32 uh, obviously retired early with, with injuries uh, and, and got the job you know before I, I expected to get a manager's job but uh, you, you have to run with it you have to go with it and was fortunate that I think I got a club that I understood I, I knew all the staff I knew everyone from the tea lady to you know the, the CEO supporters but I signed Stephen in the January where we won the league and uh, it was interesting because I used to go to his house when we were like 13 when I used to go down to Liverpool and uh, the the school holidays yeah. and stay over and his mum and dad would cook for me and w- when we won the league my mum and dad and, and his mum and dad finally met when they'd only ever spoken on the phone as as we were young boys so uh, I've, I've managed a few players Scott McDonald and Kenny Miller up here uh, who I played with and I think the big thing about that is I know them I know them as people I know their character and as a manager you, you want players in the dressing room you can trust and, and all the players that I've signed that I have played with have have been a great success be- because of that
4: I'm trying to get my head around the thought of managing Kenny Miller and Scott McDonald. I
6: was, I was going to say exactly the same thing <laughs> so Scotty
5: McDonald, he, he talks underwater as well doesn't he he loves it but, <laughs> but he, I've experienced a bit uh, recently with him being back in Brisbane uh, yeah. as well so he's he's enjoying life in Australia but he's he's full on
6: he was uh, as a player uh, you had to tell him to shut up occasionally mm. uh, and just I must, occasionally yeah and Gordon Strachan <laughs> I had to tell him a lot more <laughs> uh, than I did but uh, I must say at Partick Thistle there was only once I had to tell him to shut up uh, which is amazing <laughs> for Scotty but he was an unbelievable professional and yeah. an unbelievable yeah. player and he was he was outstanding when he came to the football club as was Kenny Miller uh, so I, like I said I think knowing people knowing their characters uh, how, how they behave every day is, is such an important thing for a manager to, to have that trust in players and, and they were outstanding for me
5: we, we touched on it just before we come on about characters uh, and, and, and the lack of character that, that, that's in the game now in terms of those type of players, you know, your Kenny Millers and your Scott McDonalds. They're, they're ones that um, really can drive a dressing room. Um, and, and also, you know, for a manager, I understand that, that trust side of things because you can't be across things 24-7. So it's important that you have the right people within that group that can continue to um, push the messages that a yeah, that, that coach wants.
6: I think it's better when it comes for the players. And, and I was fortunate, you know, at Wigan, I had Stephen Warnock, I had Juicy Yaskalainen, I had Dave Perkins, Craig Morgan, uh, probably lesser known players, but but experienced players. And, and I didn't have to manage the dressing room. Uh, uh, they, they managed the yeah. dressing room. I yeah. just had to guide them and, and pick the team and, you know, look after the players and at the other clubs I've been at, it was it was trying to get that that same nucleus of players, that that character in the dressing room, and allow them to run it, uh, and give them that ownership. And once you have that, then then you're you're halfway there, really, to to building a successful team.
4: What would you like to say to Gary Caldwell, to Craig Moore, uh, or if you're really, really struggling to me on the Go Radio football show with OPC Energy Limited, uh, Rob McLean, Gary Caldwell, Craig Moore at your service for the next uh, couple of hours. It's talking football all the way. It's not really too painful. A prospect, is it? 0808 17 17 700. Uh, go and your message on the text to 874 74 and on the socials at go football Show. Get in touch with us if you're feeling lonely um, have a chat with us talk football uh, between now and seven o'clock we're going to talk about Celtic last night 1-0 against Aberdeen and uh, it was their fifth win on the bounce uh, something like old times for Celtic sadly uh, the horse has bolted and it's really count down to the title for Rangers but this was John Kennedy uh, doing the media duties last night uh, talking about the performance of Celtic against Aberdeen
1: First half, very pleasing. You know, good control of the game, good possession, marked the ball well at the pitch. You know, we're getting some decent areas without probably having that last little big chance at the end of it. Second half, and then I just thought the game, you know, got a wee bit away from us in terms of the control, in terms of the comfortable possession They take the ball at the pitch. And then that forces us into positions where we give the ball away in, you know, areas we didn't want to and, and then allow them to break on us a little bit from time to time. So, you know, there's things we can certainly tidy up on second half, but, you know, we showed great character in the end to, you know, stay strong
4: defensively and, and keep the clean sheet, which ultimately wins the game. Former Celtic defender Gary Caldwell with us. Uh, What have you made of Celtic's recent revival, Gary, in terms of performances and results?
6: Yeah, I think they've been good. I was fortunate I have seen them uh, against St Mirren where where they were poor. Uh, And then after that, I've seen them against Motherwell where where it was a good win. Uh, they, They struggled late. They still have a fragility about them, I think, in periods of games where... It doesn't go to plan. There's there's that fragility through the team, I think, which still comes from the uncertainty between the goalkeeper and the two centre-backs and not having that solid base for the team to build on. But I think performances have been improving. I think the confidence is coming back in the attacking players, and Edward and Turnbull. Christy came off the bench uh, and, and is starting to get his fitness back up and, and look like the player we, we know he can be. Uh, so I think it, it's coming back slowly, uh, it's just you know what are they playing for where is where is the motivation that's going to be the challenging thing I think from now to the end of the season
4: You saw a bit of the game last night uh, Craig should they have had a penalty against them Celtic? I should
5: have Aberdeen had a penalty? Yeah I, I thought it was a penalty uh, and the reason why I say that is actually I think it was Welsh not a great deal he can do but because his arm was separated from his body which actually made him bigger when when he tries to flick the ball through uh, I mean it hits his hand and I've We've all seen many a penalty given. Um, So, you know, I think think it was a penalty. There was a a similar situation in in the game. Um, Okay, it wasn't in the box uh, and the referee didn't pull up a a free kick. And I think players, coaches, everyone uh, is just um, looking for that consistency. Um, But look, I mean, Celtic touching on on their progress uh, as well, like... They're looking at game game scenario, game game by game. That's all they can really do. Um, and as Gary touched on, if they can finish the season in a in a positive way, it's already uh, a rebuilding stage. The reality is Rangers have have done enough, in my opinion, to to win the league. But certainly, for the players uh, at Celtic Football Club, who wants to be there next season? People are playing for their futures, uh, and and that game to game is what's going to be important for them between now and the end of the season. I think.
4: I want to get your thoughts, Craig, uh, before we go to the first break um, on the the Rangers' COVID-5, that breach of of regulations from uh, five of the players, including uh, Nathan Patterson and Calvin Bassi and Bongani Zungu as well and a couple of the the youngsters in the squad as well um, appearing at a house party last weekend, breaching the regulations and uh, needless to say, the gaffer wasn't happy.
2: I think first and foremost we have to acknowledge that five of our players have been involved in a breach of the Covid regulations. They've been removed from the club and the squad for now. Maghani Zungu is involved, Nathan Patterson, Calvin Bassi, Dapo and a young goalie who is an academy player but has spent some time around the first team as well, Brian Kinnear. From the top of the club to the bottom we're all really disappointed in. That will be dealt with internally, Uh, the players will be fined and um, we are in dialogue with the SFA and the government.
4: What do you think Craig?
5: um they should have learned i mean we've had an earlier scenario this season with edmondson and jones and we see what's happened with them in terms of their futures at the club they they they're now out on loan um and once again for, for a manager um it's that lack of trust you know like the, the players have have done the, the wrong thing we we should know by now in terms of um how serious um covid is and that we shouldn't be putting ourselves in situations like this, I mean, I, I know we could say that the young lads, but Zungu's 28 years of age. Uh, he's he's not a young lad, no. you know. So these are these are decisions that they have got wrong, um, and and you know Stephen Gerrard, rightfully so, extremely disappointed um, because he wants to be able to trust every single player within that football club, and these players have shown that they can't be trusted. So who knows what's going to happen uh, in the future for these guys? Like I said, I think the 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 pathway for what has happened previously with Edmundson Jones uh, means that potentially these players won't have a future at the football club.
4: And it's not just about a player or a club, Gary. It's about football. Football is still in such a precarious position. I mean, everything below the championship in Scotland ain't happening at the moment. Um, and, and the First Minister clearly um, was furious a- about this emerging the other day. Um, Scottish football on a knife edge.
6: Yeah, it's look. I think it's difficult for everyone this period. I think you know it's nearly a year of our lives now where we've been in and out of lockdown and, and this uncertainty. So, you know, you have to have some sympathy for the players in terms of you know everyone has made mistakes throughout this. You know, we're not just singling them out. There's other clubs have made mistakes, yeah. but common sense you know has to prevail. And they are representing a massive football club, and and they have to try and. Uh, show show what what that means to them, but also to Scottish football that there's certain players in Scottish football that aren't playing at the moment. That careers are in real uncertainty. You know, will the season finish in the lower leagues? What what what's going to happen there? So these players have a duty. Whilst I I you know I accept it's difficult, they have a duty not only to the football club and Rangers, but to Scottish football that they should represent it in a, in a better way and and try and. Uh, show, show the game the respect it deserves
4: Talking Football with Gary Caldwell uh, Craig Moore and me Rob McLean between now and seven
0: The Ball Radio Football Show Let's go
4: here we go again well into two hours of football chat we do it Monday to Friday we do it at the weekends as well now it's going to be a Sunday show this weekend two till six with uh, both Rangers and Celtic playing on Sunday Rangers are playing tonight in Belgium against Royal Antwerp it's an eight o'clock kickoff so we should have the team news towards the end of the show we will be speculating on that with some informed uh, speculation coming in from the direction of Craig Moore in the course of the next little while he's going Be picking the Rangers team, aren't you? Uh, Why not? (laughs) Why not? For for tonight. What, What a job! Yeah, big game for Rangers they need to lift it I guess in terms of uh, performance of late but if they can get back to what they were doing in the group stages of the competition then they must have a great chance over the two legs of getting to the last 16 we're looking back on last night as well it was St Mirren 1, Hamilton 1 in Paisley, it was Celtic 1 Aberdeen nil in the east end of Glasgow, 5 wins on the bounce for Celtic, it's now back to 15 points between the top two it's still down to the title for Rangers of course uh, but Celtic feeling a bit better about themselves and uh, looking like their old selves although Aberdeen uh, gave them a game last night but Celtic came through and uh, for Aberdeen for the first time in their history six games without a goal uh, talking about informed uh, speculation about this game tonight, Craig, who have we got coming on right now? A good uh, pal of viewers who will be able to tell us a bit more about Royal Antwerp, I think.
5: Yeah, now a very uh, close friend of mine, Kevin Musket, who coached recently uh, with St Truden. Uh, unfortunately, lost his job a, a couple of months ago. Um, but obviously knows everything about uh, Royal Antwerp, and obviously had a had a great experience in the the Belgian league. So looking forward to hearing from him.
4: Kevin, how was that pronunciation of uh, Craig Moores of your last team? I
7: will tell you what, his, uh, his Scottish accent's got a lot thicker in <laughs> the last couple of months. But, uh, it was uh, it was close enough. Yeah, it was close enough.
4: <laughs> how are you? Good to have you on the show. Uh,
7: yeah, very well. Thanks, uh, thanks for the invitation. It's uh, obviously always good to, to, to catch up and uh, hopefully we'll be able to give you some insight onto you know what should be a, a good contest tonight. Obviously, the, uh, the first leg of these ties are, uh, are important uh, and it sets things up. And uh, you know, fingers crossed for Rangers they can head back to Glasgow with uh, with the right result tonight.
4: Just going back a bit, I mean, you you that, you know, yep. brief spell at Rangers, but a glorious spell at Rangers uh, in a very yeah. in a very short <laughs> space of time. You, know, you, managed, you remember? You managed to. Do the travel? Yeah, it's all
7: about timing, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it uh, uh, certainly, uh, yeah, some really good memories, and uh, it's 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 more nowadays. Uh, you know, when you get to. To our age, I suppose my age, where you can reflect on things, and uh, you know, you start to reflect on not only the football side of things, because uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, to be able to, to win three trophies was a, a tremendous uh, time in terms of football. But you know, looking back on my my time in Glasgow, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, uh, the people of Glasgow were really warm, and particularly, obviously, the uh, the Rangers fans were was an outstanding year, and uh, as I said, some great memories.
4: I was speaking to Craig and, and Gary Caldwell as well before the show, yeah. and I, I was just saying. Into them, Kevin. That I, I just—I I was trying to do a bit of professional research. It doesn't happen in my case too often, but I did did give it a go. So I looked at your Wikipedia, uh, and yeah. I looked at your—you know—club career got about maybe two or three paragraphs. International got maybe a couple of paragraphs as well. And then it came to the reputation section, and I'm yeah. still trying to get through all <laughs> of that to be honest.
7: Yeah, it's, uh, don't believe everything you read. One of those ones, but. Uh, yeah, look, uh, it was uh, now it's a bit of a blur to be honest, and such a, such a long time ago. And uh, uh, look, some some obviously some occasions where I wish didn't happen, but obviously did, not I've got to take responsibility for it. It's, it's all about now. It's about me forging uh, another career path, if you like. And uh, you know, as Craig alluded to, I spent uh, 12, uh, 12 months at a, uh, a club in Belgium, and it was uh, an unbelievably great experience for us. And uh, uh, just looking forward to, to the next challenge at the moment.
5: Maskey, what can you tell us in, uh, in regards to the game and, and how difficult a test uh, yeah. Royal Antwerp will be for Rangers?
7: It will be it will be a good test. Uh, I'm still confident. Rangers have uh, have got enough. Uh, as I as I alluded to earlier, the first leg is is a tricky one, and uh, you know whether we see you know what we see from both teams with Rangers being away and uh, and the fact with Antwerp they're they're sitting. they are actually doing really well. They're sitting second on the table to Club Bruges, uh, who drew uh, tonight in Kiev. Um, but uh, they've uh, you know since they played Spurs, they played against Spurs and beat them in um, in the beat group. Them in Belgium yeah. uh, and come in for some uh, some real praise from uh, Jose and, and, and the media in general. There's five players really that, uh, from that game there, there's five players that won't be available tonight. The, the captain, uh, the goalkeeper, one of the central defenders, uh, and more, most importantly, their, 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 striking, their striking stocks are really low at the moment. The, the striker who played on that night, and Bucani, uh, and he had a stint in a couple of UK clubs uh, in Norwich and, and Hull. He's not available. He's injured. Uh, And most recently, uh, the the second striker who was on the transfer list, and and wait for this, he was he was trying to get away himself and to force a moving during this window, the last window, he actually came to training dressed in the, the kit. If of rivals the kit. rival's kit. That's right.
5: I've seen that ah, on the news. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Yeah. So if you could if you could imagine uh, Morales turning up in the, <laughs> we say it, the, the biggest rival's training <laughs> kit just to try and get away, that's the level of uh, uh, surprise that, and un- uncertainty that comes with this guy, but he's really the only striker available and he's played the last five or six games with, uh, with this new manager uh, of a and uh, but he's not available because he's uh, he's suspended uh, from a couple of years back when they were uh, last in Europe or when he was last in Europe. So uh, it's the, the talkies is uh, you know what do they really do because the only other striker that they've they've got on loan who actually from Standard Liège a boy called the uh, Philippe uh Avanati he's a Uruguayan striker yeah, yeah, he yeah. actually played for Standard uh, against Rangers in the in the in the last uh, in the last games time. when Rangers played against them so he come on in both of those um games uh, and he's really the only available striker so it's uh, really a decision whether they go with an out and out striker who hasn't really played too much and he's on loan mm-hmm. or they play without a striker because they've got some you know really good attacking players uh, that that the disposable in Gherkins and Raffalov that can float around and create opportunities. And, and between them have scored uh, scored and assisted 20-odd goals this season. So they can still steal a goal, but they're nowhere near, as I said, full strength.
4: Kevin let's have a quick listen to, to what Stephen Gerrard uh, has been saying about the
2: prospect of playing Royal Antwerp we know the level goes up in this competition the standard the technical quality goes up for sure so we have to be right at it and find our maximum level of performance to qualify through this stage in terms of going deep into the competition it's not really to think about at the moment it's about trying to respect the challenge that's going to come over the course of the next seven or eight days and um, just take it one stage at a time but We've got confidence and we've got belief but we've got respect at the same time because these won't be two easy games, we're playing against a powerful team, that's the reason why it's, uh, it's an intriguing tie.
4: Yeah, it is an intriguing tie. And I think, Kevin, um, the Rangers would probably be the first to admit that they would have to return to the sort of levels they were producing maybe six weeks, a couple of months ago, rather than what they've been doing of late. Yes, they've been winning or or they haven't been losing uh, recently. But uh, I think he knows they, they need to get back to those sort of levels to be reaching the last 16
7: I think just from a, from a confidence perspective, without doubt, you know they want to return to those sort of levels. But uh, at the same time, how pleasing must it must be for him that uh, they're not at those levels and they've still been able to uh, produce results and, and come away with victories. Yeah, entries.
5: still win matches. Uh, yeah.
7: Uh, so it goes hand in hand because it's not possible to uh, sustain a level of consistency. Let's be honest, that they, uh, you know, were playing with, uh, you know, as you said, you know, four, five, six weeks ago and prior to that. But at the same time, to to not be as uh, at your peak and to be picking up results, it must be a huge confidence boost for them.
4: Gary, do you expect Rangers to get over this hurdle, and do you think they're equipped to get quite deep into this Europa League?
6: Yeah, I think they are. I think the big challenge is is turning it back on. I think they have went a little bit flat in the league, and they have to, you know, get back to the form they were at early season, and it, it's hard to just turn that on as a as a player as a team. So that's their big challenge. I think the setup of the team uh, is is very good for European football. I think. Stephen Gerrard, whilst he's not had many games as a manager in European football, he, he knows European football very well. He's won, you know, the the biggest European Cup. He's won the yeah. UEFA Cup with Liverpool. He he understands the the format, the the, the two leg format. So, uh, I think they're well ecl- equipped to to be, you know, a really tough team to, to beat in in these uh, knockout stages.
4: Royal Antwerp are quite interesting aren't they because um they've really not done much uh, of note for for a long long time Kevin have yeah. they I mean I think they're I mean they, as you said're they're, they're second in the league they're 13 points behind Club Bruges at the moment um, and yeah. they're on course that that would be their highest finish since 1975 it's it's been a while isn't it
7: it has, and uh, for for much of the season, uh, and this is during a season where they've actually changed, uh, changed managers, changed because uh, you know they were doing so well and they were leading the competition for for many weeks at the start of the season. And uh, the coach uh, Ivan Lecco uh, left for for China, obviously, and uh, and they brought in a new uh, new manager. So there was a little bit of a dip in between, obviously, the speculation of uh, Lecco leaving, uh, and subsequently when he did leave, uh, but the uh, and himself, he, since he's arrived, and he started the competition at Undelect uh, uh, with Vincent Company, and now finds himself uh, at Antwerp, he's had nine games and won seven of them. So uh, they've had an up and down season in terms of uh, uh, consistency within management, but the results have steadied steadied in the last, as I said, you know, nine games. Mm
5: -hmm. uh, Muskie, we've spoken obviously quite a lot uh, when you were coaching us in Tredin, but you says it's a very, very physical league. I was quite
7: surprised to to
5: hear that. Um, Antwerp obviously fit that bill, a very, very physical side.
7: In, in both uh, senses of the words, physical, I mean, the central defenders, the second section, and these guys, they're really strong, big, powerful. I and mean, it was interesting when you played the, uh, a bite there of uh, Stevie Gerrard, the, the word that he used was powerful because mm-hmm. uh, when you do watch them, they, they look imposing, certainly the defenders uh, look imposing in terms of size and stature, but physically in terms of the uh, the numbers that, ch- that they churn out, uh, also is a physical, very, very physical league. And, and Antwerp were one of the... Uh, Teams at the start of the season have modernised what they do, and uh, you know when it, out of possession they were man for man, just fo- you know central defenders were following uh, strikers into the opponent's half, and you know almost uh, you know that type of Bielsa football that we're starting to see quite a few teams doing. They're a little bit more possession-based now with uh, uh, the but uh, and I think the the, the whole setup has you know been thrown there because of the, the you know, neither striker, as I said, on Bukani who scored eight goals a season, is unavailable for Fruingen uh La who's uh, suspended, so that that definitely's got to be playing on their mind mm. in terms of uh, you know how they set up and, and more importantly how they actually attack the game are they are they going to persist in what they do in the domestic competition and, and really press teams high and, and force you know what I've seen them force that suit Rangers. And, yeah just force their force teams to see. You know, can you last uh, the pace with us for 90 minutes? Mm-hmm. I don't think that'll be the case. Uh, you know, certainly over these two legs with the personnel they've got available. As I said, five odd players missing from the game against Spurs, but uh, nonetheless, an interesting tie uh, yeah. that uh, we could all look forward to. I think
4: this is quite an interesting clip of uh, of Steven Gerrard as well. He's talking about yeah. the return uh, of Morelos to the team after his domestic yeah. ban. Uh, he will be key for them. Kemar Roof is back and available as well, but he's also
2: talking about the the levels of performance of rangers in the last few days in training we know the level goes up in this competition the standard the technical quality goes up for sure so we have to be right at it and find our maximum level of performance to qualify through this stage in terms of going deep into the competition it's not really to think about at the moment it's about trying to respect the challenge that's going to come over the course of the next seven or eight days and um, just take it one stage at a time but Got confidence and we've got belief but we've got respect at the same time because these won't be too easy games we're playing against a powerful team that's the reason why it's uh, it's an intriguing tie
4: well it was really good to hear that clip again wasn't it? I didn't uh, I felt I felt we didn't I felt we didn't really milk it enough the, the first time so anyway here's, here's the clip I
2: was intending to play all the players are really in a good place the atmosphere and the preparation going into this game I must say the the standard of the training being fantastic we've took some of the younger players away from the group and we've obviously had the situation this week and the level and the intensity and the quality's gone through the roof, so we're, we're going in really excited and looking forward to watching the players play. Alfredo has had a fantastic run in this competition of late, you know, but he's he's been really consistent for us domestically as well. These games seem to give him a. An and extra spark, if you like, because his, his goal return is the reason why we, we've had, you know, success in this competition in the time I've been here.
4: It's interesting, isn't it, for for any Rangers fans worried about their their level of performance of late? Uh, just listen, Kevin, to, to Stephen Gerrard. Yeah. They're talking about the levels they're hitting in training at the moment.
7: Yeah, and it's uh, it's actually been refreshing. uh, You know, clearly uh, with the results uh, you know Rangers have had this season, uh, you know, when you hear Stevie Gerrard, when you see when you hear him speaking, it's you know a lot of confidence. But you know, a lot of what he says, you can set you can sense there's messages. Uh, to the playing group within you know every time he speaks and mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting there whether he's uh, trying to you know raise uh, you know with the distraction of well it 's not really a distraction but yeah. with the the european competition it 's an opportunity for, for Rangers to lift their levels here lift their yeah. levels to what they 've been uh, used to throughout the season uh, to get a good result in this first leg which would set up the the run in or the run home for the season and also uh, the second uh, the second leg in the ibrox but it's uh, it certainly as i Said uh, in these moments, uh, you've really got to be at your at your best, and you can sense that's what uh, you know. Steve is obviously trying to get out of the, the playing group for tonight's game. I Think
5: the hard one, uh, Muskie and, and Gary touched on it yeah. earlier on. You go from the domestic football to to European yeah. football, and it's hard to it's hard to turn that that switch uh, on um, to to perform at level. Although Rangers have been very successful in recent years th- being I, able to do that,
6: I think it's encouraging to hear training the levels yeah. have went yeah. up. Yeah, you know that tells me that. The players have, you know, took that on board and they can, the juices are flowing yeah. again for, well, a, for through,
4: a, through the roof was the the phrase he yeah, used, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, which yeah. is uh, so so it's all very positive. Before you go, Kevin, what, what's your idea of how this game is going to go in Belgium tonight?
7: uh look uh, i think early on like i said it'll be interesting to to see what sort of uh you know formation uh Antwerp come out with and and more importantly the you know what style are they're going to come and press Rangers but uh, uh you know ultimately a favorable result to you know taking a drawback to Ibrox uh, I, I think will be uh, outstanding but even even having looked at the squad and you know i'm i'm confident the Rangers that even could uh, take a win back to uh, to Glasgow and set up the the second leg uh, in in a week's time
4: good to hear from you Kevin, and uh, wish you all the best. Cheers, Cheers, Musky. See you, mate. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. That's Kevin Muscat, the former uh, Rangers defender, uh, also the Australian, former Australian international, and uh, he's been managing in Belgium recently, and there was some interesting insight there on what Rangers will be up against in Belgium tonight in that 8 o'clock kickoff.
0: The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go!
4: Yeah, the Go Radio football show with OPC Energy Limited for uh Thursday night and it's European Football Champions League has been back the last couple of nights which has been uh, hugely enjoyable. Tonight, it's the Europa League and that means Rangers back in action and we've just heard from uh, Kevin Muscat, the former Rangers defender, uh, with some uh, inside knowledge about what uh, his old team are going to be up against tonight. Royal Antwerp cur- currently second in the Belgian top division, uh, 13 points behind Club Brew Brug- and uh, a powerful opponent it seems for Rangers tonight but uh, they must have a great chance Stephen Gerrard and co based on what they did in the group stages of the competition that's match that kicks off at 8 tonight and the second leg next Thursday at uh, 5 to 6 it's uh, Rob McLean it's Gary Caldwell and it's Craig Moore in the studio and it can be you as well join us for the football conversation 0808 17 17 you can text and your message to 87474 on the socials at gofootballshow this was Stephen gerrard speaking earlier in the week about the return after their
2: domestic bans for Roof and morelos the squad's really healthy at the moment in terms of you know the the players that have played a lot you know i know alfredo's uh, really chomping at the bit to get back and um, hopefully he can make up for the time that he's lost. I think he owes it to his teammates to um, come back in a good place and try and finish the, the season in the best place he can. Kamar's slightly different because he's still got to serve a one-game ban at the weekend, but uh, again, I'm delighted that he's available. Um, for both legs he's on a yellow card so he needs to be careful if we decide to go with him from the start or he comes off, off the bench
4: That was fairly pointed wasn't it towards Morelos he, yeah, owes, he owes one to his teammates Greg Yeah that's saying listen you need to come in and perform
5: um, you know that was the messaging there uh, look, Morelos normally has at this level and um, this competition has performed um, you know, touching on the, the bit of information that we have got now about uh, their opponents, obviously, uh, powerful, strong. So someone like Morelos that can mm. occupy uh, central defenders, I think, will be very, very important tonight for Rangers. It'll just be interesting to see whether Antwerp, obviously, play that, that aggressive style that they've done domestically, or whether they, they, they drop off a little bit because maybe they're not at full strength. So we'll, we'll
4: know very early about how
5: that game is going to play out.
4: Sorry. And in terms of the team tonight, are we thinking uh Roof and Kent, either side of Moreles as the as the front three, um Jack Davis and Kamara as a midfield three? Is that would you is that the way you're seeing the team or what, what would your team be tonight?
5: Nah, I mean I'm not to be honest with you, I'm not the coach. I don't I don't worry about what team I know he's gonna pick. The coach. I'm, what I'm what just asking for you opinion what team he's gonna pick. But look, I, I, in terms of the the, the front three, I like like I said, I do like the front three. Moreles I think definitely comes in. Um, you know Roof obviously we know the, the quality that, that he's got uh, Kent for me is, he, he had an unbelievable start to the yeah, season uh, yeah. and has probably you know struggled a little bit recently but um, you know he's, a, he's an exciting player hopefully it's a good game for him midfield three uh, look it will be very important about those players that you get in there um, be interesting because it will be a real contest I think it will be an arm wrestle for a large part of this game so that, that stability and making sure you've got good protection of your back four uh, but at the same time uh, you know being able to support and actually have a threat going forward Rob I think is going to be very important
4: Alfredo Morelos how highly do you rate him Gary? Yeah, I think
6: <laughs> this year he's been poor yeah. uh, in terms of goals return I know Stephen Gerrard obviously knows him better than I do and uh, talks him up I think he's got away with a lot in terms of his misdemeanours I think he could have cost Rangers, and he's been lucky to get away with them
4: Do you think he's a liability?
6: I think he can be uh, I think that's a, a given, you know, the amount of red cards he's had. And, and like I said, I think the Dundee United incident, the Celtic game, he could have got sent off, the Hibbs incident recently.
5: I think that's all been, it's all been, his he, misdemeanors have all been domestically. How like In Europe, has he had any of those those, I, those issues or has he been I, different in Europe?
6: He, he might be targeted more by defenders because they see it week in, week out mm. and it might be a ploy, yeah, f- yeah. I mean, a,
5: I mean, he gets we in, were both centre-halves he and, gets I mean, involved
6: you, yeah. when you, if I played against him you, you would try and be physical you'd try and wind him up and, and you'd try and get a reaction out mm-hmm. of him and, and he has to he has to stay away from that because at his best he is a very good player and, and he has scored a lot of goals mm-hmm. for Rangers and in Europe he's, he's been outstanding so it's he's getting that balance right of the fire you need to, to be a, a top centre-forward yep but not overstepping the mark, and not letting his team and his and himself down by lack of lack of discipline. Yeah.
4: Would that not be part of the preparation for a European opponent as well? They would know Possibly, about yeah. his strengths yeah. and his weaknesses, and they would presumably be trying to wind him up as well.
5: Well, he's you know, as Gary's touched on there, he is a player that you know that if you if you just niggle away, um, that he's gonna at some stage react, uh, and it's just whether or not that reaction is, is something that that lands himself into bother. Unfortunately uh, for Rangers uh, Morelos has he's been a repeat offender he has done it over and over again uh, but I was just trying to think back myself in terms of whether it's been more domestically or whether he's had any of those issues uh, in Europe we know he's been fantastic uh, in Europe and
4: no actually what, what now that I think about it because when I think about Alfredo Morelos in Europe I think about the the goals he scored yeah. six yeah. six, six last season in six yeah. group games yeah. he's done it again big goals and big games this season as well
6: yeah yeah it's, it's, it's it looks like a mental block, eh? mm-hmm. You know, when it when he does it, it, it's just a reaction to something. At, at times, even the Dundee United one was was totally out of the blue, yeah. early in the game. Yeah, where, where he just throws a forearm, mm-hmm. and, and and you shake
4: just, and you shake your head, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And, yeah,
6: and I'm sure Steven Gerrard, you know, he has to defend them. You know, as a manager, you have to stand by your players and defend them to the hilt. But I'm sure behind the scenes he spoke to him he's he's tried to educate him he's tried to support him and help him with that because at his best he's brilliant but when he when he's not like that and he's he's letting the team down it can be very costly <laughs>
4: I'm sure I'm going to regret this bit of the show, uh, Craig, but what's your favourite <laughs> European memory? What's your finest European What, what are you night? trying to say about well, my memory? Well, 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 I mean, when I asked you about Sc- Scottish Cup memories uh, a, few, a few weeks back or a couple of months back, uh, you said, well, I don't know. And I had to tell you you'd won it five times.
5: I, I think I knew how many that I'd won, but just maybe didn't have a single moment <laughs> uh, that I go, yeah, I really I really remember that. But you're, you're, um, I can sense you playing for time here. No, no, no. I I, I go back to, it was actually uh, Champions League qualified Uh, Against Palmer, back in 1999, uh, 2000 campaign, and uh, home and away leg, obviously. But I remember that I was there. Yeah, the game at Ibrox, 2-0, for me was a a, a real standout because Palmer were an unbelievable side. You know, Buffon, Mm. Baggio, Cannavaro, they were a top top side, and the way that we played on that night. 2-0 uh, victory I think it was Claudio Arena maybe Vidmar uh, come inside and got that deflected uh, goal huge huge performance but just a, a really really special night so that was probably one of the ones that, that stands out for me Robin actually wasn't in the Champions League
4: it was to qualify for the Champions League Yeah, Gary European nights. Like, when, when are we going to get cut to the chase here and start talking own goals? <laughs> I've,
6: I've scored too many to, to mention. <laughs> the show would need to be be a bit longer. But <laughs> Celtic Park for me on a on a European night was a, a special place. Uh, the noise when when that music came on and you were standing lining up before you were going to shake hands of you know the best players in the world. Just that the, for me, the pinnacle of football. Uh, and, and for the team I played in to beat Benfica, Shakhtar Donetsk, AC Milan, Spartak Moscow in a penalty shootout. Incredible nights uh, with, you know, mainly Scottish players as well. Mm. Uh, when, when I think back, the team that Gordon Strachan built was mainly Scottish players, but uh, unbelievable occasions. The, the, the one for me was AC Milan. When you're up against like, a team that's won the competition regularly, Maldini, Pirlo, oh. Kaká, and Zagi. And we went toe to toe with him. It was pouring the rain, and and uh, we talk about tactics a lot nowadays. And Gordon Strachan was a fantastic tactician when he needed to be. But that night, it, I'll never forget his team talk was about slide tackling. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and and people talk about tactics now, and you know formations, and his big talk that night was about getting in their faces, mm-hmm. and he, and I'll never forget he said, "I don't mean one yard." Away, I mean, slide tackle. He said, I want to see Pirlo on the ground. Yeah. And, and that was his, and it worked. Mm-hmm. We got right in their faces. We made it a really aggressive game. And we managed to beat one of the best teams in Europe by great tactics, in my opinion, yeah. but, but very simple uh, instructions. Sometimes that,
5: that desire, you know, like, again, you, you, it doesn't matter who you play against, and you're talking about that particular experience against the best players in the world, but they like their time and space. You know, so Strachan obviously you know picks up on that. Make make sure you you're in the face, you're around about them, That they they've they've not got time anywhere, and that 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 desire, and sometimes that can just blow all tactics out of the, out of the water. That's enough sometimes.
6: And and I think at, at Celtic Park as well that you had to keep that atmosphere going. Yeah. You know. If, if we started a game and started passing the ball about the back and, and let mm-hmm. everything settle down, it wasn't to our advantage. We had to play on the front foot. We yeah. had to be aggressive and, and that kind of support and noise just kind of got us over the line. Oh, yeah. We scored last minute goals against Milan, Shakhtar Donetsk and that's not a coincidence. That is the feeling of, of sixty thousand people behind you, a team that never gives up. And and it it's not luck. People say it's no, a lucky last no, minute no. goal. I, I don't believe in that. It's it's everything that the, the occasion was
4: those European nights those special nights uh, shame there are no fans in but uh, Rangers will mean business tonight in Belgium when they kick off at 8 o'clock against Royal Antwerp
0: feel the heat of the game the crunching tackles the near misses and diving headers feel the drive from the sidelines feel the passion of your captain feel the celebrations feel the last minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything feel the heat heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. The ball Radio Football Show. Let's go!
4: Yeah, that's the number to ring. You can also get in touch uh, via text. Go on your message to 87474 on the socials at GoFootballShow. You can talk about whatever you fancy uh, within reason. You can look back on uh, last night. Celtic won Aberdeen nil and 15 points between the top two. In the Premiership, five wins on the bounce for Celtic. Or maybe you're looking ahead to the match, which kicks off in less than two hours' time in Belgium. It's Royal Antwerp against Rangers in the last 32 of the Europa League. The second leg is next Thursday night. That's a 5-6 to six start at Ibrox as Steven Gerrard and co-target further progress in Europe uh, closing in on the title but uh, they will fancy themselves for a bit more European success as well and uh, well we're very well informed now Craig aren't we on the back of your pal Muskie on earlier on giving us the, the lowdown on Royal Antwerp
5: Yeah and they're not going to be full strength um, but obviously they've had a, at a decent season had a new coach that's come in and, and has done really well uh, like so I said, just be interesting to see how they how they uh, start this game because obviously um, with the squad not being as strong, are they going to press? Are they going to sort of like sit off and, and let Rangers build up? So that that part will be interesting, but physicality is going to play a, a big role uh, tonight as well. So Rangers need to make sure that, especially in that midfield area, that they're that able to compete and, and get about the field.
4: Celtic ain't going to be catching uh, Rangers clearly in terms of any sort of uh, title race but five wins on the bounce 1-0 uh, against Aberdeen last night and this was uh, John Kennedy uh, Neil Lennon's number two afterwards right now
1: all we do is approach every game with the mentality to go and win it kind of out with our hands you know we can only beat what's in front of us game on game so we've just got to do that you know and see what it takes us we don't make any targets other than you know the next game we want to approach the winner uh,
4: and then you know come the end of the season or towards the end of the season We'll see where that stands. It's a strange feeling, isn't it, to be going on that sort of run for Celtic? I think it's uh, thirteen goals, four two conceded in the last five games. Really good run of results. But how much does it matter, Gary Caldwell?
6: Well, it doesn't matter a lot at the minute uh, in terms of the the gap uh, is still very big. You know, with with not enough games really to to close it. Uh, but they they have to keep playing. They have to keep. Uh, playing for pride uh, yeah. and, and playing for the supporters the football club for next season I think you're always judged as a football player every time you step on the park you are judged uh, and those those players have to stand up to that challenge of being Celtic players at the moment it's not easy uh, but they've done well recently and they have to keep building on that and, and looking forward like John Kennedy said to, to the next game it's all you can do I think with two old firm games still to come mm. is, is big you know they have to go into them with confidence and have to at least come out of that head-to-head with more points than Rangers uh, for for t- to look at the end of the season as a you know a, a stronger finish than yeah. it than it started. Yeah, yeah.
5: no, I agree as well. And look, the the thing is, I think a lot of people would have been concerned and Celtic supporters in particular. Uh, Maybe six weeks ago, the 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 season just not only had it slipped away from them, but they were going to completely implode, and mm. the, the 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 terrible results were going to continue. So I think what you know what Lennon has been able to achieve, and what what this group has actually managed to to achieve and get back on track, uh, has been very very important. And yeah, it will be you know the way that they finish the season. Now they they can't focus on anything else but game at a time. You know if Rangers go and do the business, then they should win the league. But it's about. You know, that competition for places, putting in the performances and building. You know, that, that that for me is the way that Celtic have got to look. But two old firm games as well. So there's still a bit of spice uh, to go in the, the
4: remainder of the season as well. Sure is. Glasgow's own Go Radio. The football show with OPC Energy Limited. Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Gary Caldwell in the studio. And we're joined now by Natasha from the podcast A Celtic State of Mind. Hi, Natasha.
3: Hi guys, how are you
4: doing? You've been getting through a bit of media work recently yourself, haven't you?
3: I certainly have, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are like listening to the words of Celtic at the moment, so there's <laughs> a lot of
4: work out there for that. And Natasha, you just heard Gary, what Gary's take is uh, as a former Celtic player on these recent results. What, what's your take on the the five straight wins? What, how much does this all mean?
3: I mean, like Gary said, I mean, he's right, it's good. It's good to put that sort of string of results together. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, does it? Um, so what you've got to do instead is, you know, look for look for highlights. Um, for me, one of the highlights of last night was, was Chris Iyer. Um, so yesterday marked five years at the club. And for me, he's just getting better and better. And those are the sorts of positives we have to, to take from the games. Um, I think Chris would be a solid to build the team on, um, particularly with an eye to a potential summer rebuild. And while a lot of talk has been around rebuilding a team on McGregor or Turnbull, I just think Ayer could be the best candidate, but obviously the concern is that he's likely to be a player that's going to attract a higher fee, and the club might look to cash in on that to mitigate the revenue loss. Um, So while we're seeing highlights like that coming through, the concern still is that come summer, the results aren't going to matter and the performances of some of the best players aren't going to matter because they're going to be looking to the door.
4: Natasha, was he one of the players do you think Neil Lennon was speaking about earlier in the season um, after the Ferenc Varos defeat when Celtic went out of the Champions League qualifiers and he was talking about players who didn't want to be at the club anymore. They were trying to uh, dig their way out, try and fashion a a transfer. Was was Chris Mm -hmm. Iyer one of those?
3: He gets a lot of stick for being one of those players, but for me, I don't think that's the case. I think you know you could rightly point that finger at Incham. You could perhaps rightly point it at Edward, maybe even Christie. But I think you just have to look at you know Ayers' performance and his reactions last night. You know he's still the player that's really fighting for the club, really standing up and being counted, which is something Gary mentioned earlier. Um, and in a season where we've not had many players like that, I think Ayer's one who's consistently done it. Um, so while I think he certainly has the ability and probably the ambition to play at a higher level, I don't think that he would be one of the players, you know, causing the unrest and trying to push a move.
4: Gary, would he be one of the players you would build the new Celtic team around?
6: Yeah, I'm a massive fan of him. I think he's a, a, a top player. He can play centre-half and full-back, Uh which is something I couldn't do very well. It's uh, challenging. Uh, but he has everything. Uh, he's, he's mobile, he's very big, he's aggressive, he can pass the ball. Uh, and I think he is one of those players that Celtic need to try and build the team around. He will be you know, sought after, I would imagine, from, from other clubs, along with Eduard, McGregor, Christie, these kind of players. And I think it's vital that Celtic in the summer, when they are rebuilding look to keep these players and, and the important players that are at the club keep them first and and then look to add to that
4: it's a, it's a big decision though isn't it who you who you keep in, who you clear out to who you, what, what are the pieces in the jigsaw puzzle that you start with it is
5: and i think i've heard Neil Lennon say that the media we we've all talked about a massive rebuild but whether or not there's going to be a massive rebuild at Celtic, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll soon sort of like find out. But when you look at Ayer, I mean, for me, he, he is a, he is a top top player. 22. I didn't realize he was still only 22 yeah. years of age. So for and me, so
4: many games oh, under his got, belt. He's
5: got he's got a great future ahead ahead of him, but. When that time uh, to to move, uh, look uh, him and his representatives and, and Celtic Football Club will, will be the people that decide that. But what I love about him is not only does he do his own job very very well, he's always looking to do more. You yeah. know, he's always he's always looking to contribute in other ways. You know, when Celtic have lacked drive uh, this season, you know you can see him driving out, wanting to do more, and I'm saying trying to lift the crowd. The crowd, unfortunately, not been there, but trying to lift his teammates to 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 go on to bigger and better things. They are the players that you want to be building a team around. Uh, For me, so it'd be very, very um, important and and a crucial step for for Celtic's progression if they can keep a player like
4: that. Natasha, how intrigued have you been this week about Neil Lennon's mention of these mitigating circumstances which are remaining private for the moment um, that might have gone against Celtic this season? What what do you think those are? What's he talking about?
3: I mean, I understand completely that there's things that go on behind the scenes at a club that Perhaps aren't best to be made public, and every club will have that. But at the moment, one of the key issues for the fans is the lack of engagement from the club, and the fans feel really disillusioned and disengaged with the club. The last thing we need to hear right now is that there are all these factors going on behind the scenes, but we can't tell you about them. <laughs> you know, the breakdown in communication is is a real issue for the fans, and this sort of epitomises that, and I think probably has done more harm than good, to be honest.
4: I th- there's been speculation, Gary, that that what he was alluding to was he at the time of when he was talking about players trying to dig their way out of the club and get get themselves a move. Uh, he wanted to let some of them go. He thought that was the best thing for the club. But above him, the decision was no. We're keeping everybody for ten in a row. Is that is that could that be a, a reason for a conflict behind the scenes?
6: Yeah, I feel his pain a little bit. Having <laughs> been a manager. Uh, I think it's difficult in those situations as a manager, because ultimately you work for the football club and you are one cog in in that wheel uh, and there's there's people above you that run the football club, the finances of the football club. so you have to give your opinion on on the football aspect of it, which I'm sure Lenny has, and if you know that went on, then it's very difficult for him one to to make that public. Because, you know, I think certain things in football clubs and dressing rooms need to stay mm-hmm. in there. Uh, and I understand uh, Natasha's point of view. Supporters want to feel engaged with the club, want to know what's happening in the club. But sometimes they, they can't know everything. Uh, so for, for Lenny to come out with it in the way he did, he's obviously... Trying to drop something out there uh, to to let the people, could could that be what he's talking about to let supporters yeah. know that something's happened that that he's not a hundred percent on board with and yeah. uh, or he's or he's not had the
5: control yes yeah more importantly I think yeah. that's what he's he's put out there he's come out a couple of times this season and obviously you know questioned the, the desire uh, of 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 some players and and that they you know that I only want players that, that want to be at this football club. He's probably had that decision where he goes, okay, they, these players can leave, and then the club are overruling it. So then, as a manager, how hard is that now to try and manage a player that you know actually doesn't want to be at your football club?
6: Yeah, I'm, I'm in, I agree with Neil Lennon here that you know, if, if a player intimates that he wants to go, or you can see his standards dropping, there's no point in keeping him. Yeah. It's then for me, it's mm-hmm. it's the manager has to give that information to the board, yeah. and then it's up to them to get the the most amount of money, you know, for the football club. But if you have one player yes. in the squad who is disruptive, who doesn't want to be there, it's it's it spreads right through, through the, mm-hmm. the squad, and then and then you have a real problem on your hands. Which is probably what we've seen this yeah. e- this season with Celtic.
4: Is that uh, Natasha mm-hmm. a reasonable explanation? Do you think for what's been happening behind the scenes?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's a, it's, it wouldn't be a surprise to the fans either. Is the thing? I mean, we thought the board had done us. A massive favour last summer when we got to keep our best players and we got to keep the valuable assets like Edward and Cham You know, in hindsight, perhaps the correct decision would have been to let them go at the time and mm-hmm. use the money to bring other players in. Because you know, the minute, like Gary says, the minute a player doesn't want to be there, doesn't giving a hundred percent, that's not only having a negative impact on them; it's going to have a negative impact on the squad. So, yeah, in hindsight, perhaps cashing in on them last summer would have been the better option, but this summer I think we're probably like to see, likely to see more players head to the door despite Lennon saying that there isn't going to be this massive rebuild
5: well, I think Natasha on the, the brighter moments that you, you you mentioned in terms of that, what Celtic can be talking about I mean you must be absolutely delighted the fans must be delighted with the uh, the impact that, that Sotto and, and Turnbull have, have had in this team I mean Turnbull's uh, performances have been remarkable and the consistency of it so outside of Ayer there also uh, must be two um, you know, good moments, I guess, for Celtic moving forward.
3: Yeah, completely. Um, if you're talking, you know, about a rebuild and other players coming in, one of the key things to have in place is, you know, that core. And if we've got Sorrow and Turnbull and the core in the middle of the park like that, we can build around them. You know, it's been years since we've had anyone come in who perhaps could be a replacement for Scott Brown. And while it's still early stages, Sorrow's showing that he could be that player. Um, Turnbull again bags of potential, just keeps getting better. Um, you know, so if we, we focus on those players, you know, for next season and, and bring in other players round about them, then, you know, the core of a good team is there. Um, so, those, yeah, like you say, those two have been a, a highlight and an otherwise negative season and it just leaves you to think you know if only we had we'd brought them in earlier
4: I want to come back to fan engagement Gary mentioned that uh, you mentioned that Natasha as well I mean fan engagement is absolutely crucial it's got pound signs all over it hasn't it because mm. the fans will mm. need to be engaged for next season they'll need to believe in the new manager if indeed there is a new manager or if it's the same manager for next season they need to believe in the signings they they. they you know t- to put their hard earned cash into buying season tickets
6: yeah look, i think it's massive mm-hmm. and i was fortunate at partick thistle I worked with Jackie Lowe, who was the the chairman at the time there and she was brilliant for in my opinion at, at fan engagement we as a board uh, the board were brilliant at discussion discussing everything that we wanted to put out there we had done some Q and A nights with supporters. I done some analysis night with supporters. Jackie was constantly trying to communicate with supporters in the right way. And in the this crisis, Partick Thistle as a club have been brilliant at you know getting to supporters mm. uh, about their state of mind, trying to help them with food and that. So for me, you know, having people at the top of the club, and this is this is out with the manager's control, but working with people like that for me was was a brilliant experience because. They, they are getting that engagement that ultimately helps the manager. When you're winning or losing, you, you need to keep engaging with supporters and keep them involved.
4: And is that a big problem at Celtic at the moment, Natasha, the connection between fans like yourself and the club? It
3: is, absolutely. Um, and while I appreciate that the Celtic fan base is particularly large and um, no disrespect to Patrick Thistle it is a smaller fan base and it is easier to engage on Be but careful by all Natasha you'll get me
6: in trouble <laughs> we're,
3: co- we're, com- we're coming on to a positive point um, by <laughs> all accounts um, the work that Patrick Thistle do in engaging with their fans and some of the Patrick Thistle fans I know are really appreciative of that because it gives an insight into the club and it gives that direct contact um, and I appreciate that Celtic can't do that as easily with such a wide fan base but there's got to be better ways of doing it than they currently are. Um, you know, they're currently coming out with these one-sided statements. Um, you know, even the video messages from Peter Lawwell are again one-sided. There is a bit of lack of engagement, and I think we do really need to have a think about how they're going to get the fans back on side. Particularly with an eye on season ticket renewals coming up, um, there needs to be some positive communication come from the club about where the the, route the club is going what our plans for next season are and what our plans for the summer are because right now the fans are just seeing a whole lot of uncertainty and that makes them uncertain about renewing
4: After, after the loss to St Mirren Celtic I wasn't sure Neil Lennon was going to be manager in a matter of hours uh, he's still the manager a matter of weeks later obviously five, five straight wins he's clearly going to be manager for the rest of the season is he going to be manager next season Natasha?
3: You know, if you'd asked me that a couple of weeks ago, I would probably have said no chance. Um, the more communication that comes out from the club, um, I am slightly concerned that that is going to be the case. Um, you know, and I th- the the thing that would lead me to say no is that the club must surely know if they retain Lennon for next season, the season ticket renewal drop is going to be massive, and that's such a big revenue stream yeah. for the club that it's a big risk to take. But in saying that, the club have had a revenue drop and they need to downsize and they need to slightly err on the cheaper option side. And perhaps Lennon is that. And combined with the fact that we're we're doing a bit of an upheaval of the board, we're bringing a new CEO in, perhaps they're going to look for a sense of stability and point to that sense of stability combined with the cost saving and say that it is going to be Lennon for next season.
4: Gary, is Neil Lennon your Celtic manager for next season?
6: I've said I spoke about this before and I think Celtic as a as a football club need to get the structure right so there's already been a change uh, CEO Peter's leaving after doing a fantastic job uh, in my opinion for the football club for a long time and they've got a new CEO coming in what does that structure after that look like do they get a technical director do they you know change staff how does the whole club look I don't think a club as big as Celtic, you cannot just look at the, the manager and say, we changed that guy and everything changes. There has to be a structure, there has to be a mm-hmm. strategy from, from the top of the club that runs right through the football club. And like Natasha says, they have to engage with the fans and let them know what that strategy is because then mm-hmm. the fans will be feel part of that journey that, that the club will go on. And I think recently, I agree with Natasha, Celtic haven't really done that. It's been very... Uh, closed house and I understand why when you're losing football games it's very difficult the criticism that comes you are almost trying to you know fight fires everywhere and, and you you go on the front foot when I think Celtic as a football club now to need to restock and say right where are we what does it look like what do we think the structure needs to look like for us to get back to, to winning uh, league titles and cups because let's not forget uh, they've won a quadruple treble yeah you know so so you know, it is a a, a massive uh, loss not winning the ten in a row. I understand that from the club, from the supporters' point of view, how big it was to them. But it's it's not the end of the world in, in a sense that you know, if you go back to the the nineties, you know, when when they weren't winning anything, then it, it's not mm-hmm. that bad. So how does it look from a structure point of view? Then how does it look? What are the personnel within that? I think is important.
4: Yeah, I think everyone sees the the fantastic and the historic uh, successes uh, behind Celtic, immediately behind Celtic, but uh, no doubt as well about a lot of concern about what lies ahead in the coming weeks and months. Natasha, good to have you on the show.
3: Thanks,
4: James. Thanks, Natasha. Good to hear from you. That's Natasha from a Celtic State of Mind podcast. And if you want to join the football chat with us on the Go Radio Football Show, 0808 17 17 700. The Go
0: Radio Football Show. Let's
4: go! Thanks to Natasha for calling the show and uh, she made some interesting points and... Uh, Indicating a fair bit of concern as well About the connection between the Celtic fans and the club And of course it is an absolutely crucial connection In terms of uh, what happens next Um Season tickets need to be sold for the next time around. And uh, what will Celtic look like, I wonder, next season? As Craig said, we've all been talking about a massive uh, shake-up. Maybe it won't be so massive. It's going to be interesting to see which uh, pieces are in the jigsaw puzzle and who's going to be the manager for uh, next season. Uh, We were also talking about uh, some of those crucial players that Celtic will build the new team Around Chris Iyer was being well uh, talked up in the last uh, 15-20 minutes and inevitably uh, David Turnbull was as well. He scored the only goal of the game against Aberdeen last night and this was John Kennedy afterwards. You know, when we brought him in, we knew
1: the bigger picture. You know, it wasn't about, you know, immediately coming in and being a star player, but we knew he had so much talent, you know, a young player, Scottish player. Again, when we brought him in, it was a case of, you know, getting him up to speed with the intensity we looked for and used to how we play. And I think since he's went in, he's done terrifically well. You know, he's a great, great boy. Again, wants to learn, wants to develop, wants to improve his game. You know, getting a really good area tonight, and again, you see. He's the quality has, but you know, he's been terrific for us, you know, so he just has to keep keep progressing and keep developing that, and he'll be, a, he'll be a top player.
4: The former Motherwell captain and coach Stephen Craigan is a regular on the show, of course, and he's been telling us uh, for a long, long time about the impact David, Dur- David Turnbull was inevitably going to have at Celtic. He told us at very early stage, Gary, that he would be elbowing others out of the way, even though there was a lot of strong midfielders in the squad already. He was that good, David Turnbull, uh, and he's showing us at the moment how good he is
6: yeah I think he's been outstanding uh, since he's came into the team and I think like J- what John said there you have to you have to give new players time and and you know I, I hear a lot of people say you know did they wish they'd put him in earlier but I think John Neil the, the staff at Celtic are working with him every day they see him develop and they they maybe didn't want to put him in too early either, and and I think we have to probably praise their their management how they've put him in because since he's been in he's he's been first class and uh, he's improving all the time. That John's saying he, he he can still get better. They're still working with him. They still want him to improve more and. Uh, I think he's been a, a massive highlight for Celtic recently
4: I think he's going to be a key player for Scotland as really? well try try keeping him out of that squad the, the Scotland squad for the European Championships Craig and, and actually at the moment uh, even though you know there are so many quality yeah. midfielders try keeping him out of the team the way he's playing
5: this this kind of form and if he's you know consistent between now and the end of the season would be very very difficult to leave him out and we, we spoke a while ago about who are your possible emergers and all that sort of stuff and you know Billy Gilmore and all that sort of stuff is yeah. getting thrown in but um, if he continues to play and perform the way that he is, he's got to be right in that mix uh, uh, with, a, with a great opportunity. I just, you know, sometimes go when the players come in and a club struggle and they just go in with, with no fear, with, with nothing to, to lose and, and don't overthink um, the situation. And He just seems to be that, that kind of player. Obviously, a lot of people have known him from his mother world days, the talent that he had, but he's now showing it. Um, great striker of the ball, very, very positive and, and he's always asking questions, and I, and I love that. Even when you watch a player that, you know, he's always looking to try things. He's always, you know, he's always trying to play that pass or, you know, little one, two, get underneath it and get a shot off. And normally he hits the target as well. Um, so you've got a lot of qualities, uh, but can he, can he make the Euros? And there's, there's every chance on that form.
6: I think when, when he came into the team, it was actually, I've been here myself, where it's almost last chance saloon, you throw the kids in because you, you've tried Neil Lennon I think had tried everything else and it was a European game I can't remember who it was against but he put Hazard on, on for his, his, his kind of full debut he, he put Sorrow in he put Turnbull in uh, I was it, it, was, maybe, it Leal,
4: wasn't the, was it the Leo yeah, game? It might have been
6: And they were excellent And and they've stayed in the team since then mm. Because of their performances But it, it did feel like it was last throw of the dice I'm going to give these youngsters a try mm. And like you say they came in with energy Enthusiasm No fear And, and they've just carried that on in, in the games after that as well
4: and that is the way ahead, isn't it? And it's going to be interesting, isn't it, uh, Gary? I mean, you must be, uh, as, a, as, a, as a guy who's, who won uh, 55 caps for, for Scotland, you must be really excited about what's about to happen in the in the summer.
6: Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, you know, my whole career, it was my generation that, that missed out. I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> if that was fully down to me. But uh, for them to qualify, I, I remember I watched the game with my, my son, uh, my youngest son who at that point wanted an England strip for his Christmas he was born in England he has mates who are English
4: oh and, and I was have a word
6: I was, I was close to to hitting him at that point but we watched the game together uh, and by the end of the game he wanted a Scotland strip and I got oh, him a Scotland strip and I just I, I thought to myself a whole generation you know, of Scottish supporters have missed that. Kids have missed that yeah. feeling. And when he seen that game, and, and we were jumping about the living room watching it, it it it, it sparked in him. You know, he's he will now feel that passion towards Scotland forever. If he doesn't, I, I will hit him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it was great to see, and it's great. That the whole country can, can embrace a major finals for, yeah. for the first time in a long time
4: That must have been I mean it was a great night for all of us wasn't it as Scotland finally qualified but but I guess you must have been really emotional having been through so much pain with Scotland
6: Yeah I I know how difficult it is uh, I, I feel for the players whenever they lose uh, and, and I felt for them that night I, you know watching the game my son was more nervous than me I feel like because I understand football a bit, I thought this game's comfortable. You know, we mm. didn't ever look yeah. like losing the game. The only thing was not getting the second goal that yeah. night. But when the corner went in, it was like getting...
0: Oh,
5: and, you know, when it and when it goes in, the... in, yeah, as late as what it is, um, well, that's what sent it to, to injury. It was extra time, yeah? Yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the the players deserve a lot of credit the way they they came back from that massive low to, to get through extra time because we were on the ropes a bit extra time. And then the courage to step up and take the penalties and Big Marsh is saving it. Fantastic. And what a summer we've got to look forward to.
4: Lots of time to look forward to Scotland at the European Championships, wherever they are going to be staged, I guess. Lots of big decisions to be taken, lots of uncertainty still in the air. But we're considerably closer to Rangers getting back into European action. Less than an hour and a half to kick off in Belgium. It's Royal Antwerp. Um, against Rangers, Craig, and it's a it's an exciting prospect, and it was interesting to hear Stephen Gerrard in that clip earlier on, wasn't it? Um, he was positively euphoric mm. about how how impressive Rangers have been in training.
5: Yeah, and and for me, that's a that's a really strong message as to how happy um, he is with what he's seen in the, in the lead up to this match. We know that they need to to turn it up a notch to what the you know Rangers have been producing. Uh, domestically, uh, but that's taken nothing away because they've still managed to get the results. But they'll need to they'll need to up the levels here. Um, it's a different test. It's a it's a test that the players will absolutely be uh, loving. Um, you know that that distraction from domestic football to European football, and just a great opportunity to to progress in a tournament that you know there's a lot of good teams still left in it, but not one team where you go oh they're they're unbelievable. So you know, they want to go deep into the tournament great opportunity the intensity needs to be there from the first minute though tonight uh, the way that they start the game but the vibes coming out of the the camp and Stephen Gerrard is very very positive so hopefully that Rangers can go out and put a positive performance and come back with something
4: Yeah if Steven Gerrard uh, Gary was worried about the recent level of domestic performances he was hiding it pretty well
6: Yeah and I, I think sometimes as a manager it's good to, to have that opportunity to give people a, a kick up the backside and, and say you know we, we need to improve you know nothing's won this season uh, so I'm, I'm sure he's taken that opportunity to refocus the minds and, and get ready and the timing of the Hamilton game was probably good for the team uh, to, to get another league game and then and, and come into this European game on as he said training well preparing properly and, and ready for for a different challenge.
4: James Tavernier, uh, along with uh, lots of other Rangers players, have seen their performance levels drop a bit. Collectively, they've dropped a bit. But, you know, as we keep on saying, uh, they've kept on winning. They've kept on not losing this incredible uh, unbeaten run. They're very much on the march towards the title. But James Tavernier, the captain, um, who got 18 goals in pretty quick time uh, in the course of the season, he's been on that mark for a little while now. But you know, you know about him from, a, from an early stage.
6: Yeah I had him at Wigan when uh, I took over Wigan he was he was at the club he wasn't in the team at that point he was a younger player uh, and we had that summer we got relegated we had a, a massive clear out of everyone at the football club and a lot of players wanted to play at a higher level felt like they could and just like we spoke about with, with Celtic you know, if, if people want to play at that level I don't think there's any point in, in holding them at a club that they don't really want to be at and, and Tav and Martin Waghorn and Rob Kiernan it was at the time all had the opportunity to go to Rangers and financially it made sense to the football club and uh, he's went on and done uh, really well for, for the club he had you know, a difficult time at the start but he's shown his quality he always had that quality physically and, and going forward was was always his biggest asset and he's shown with his set pieces his, his assists uh, how valuable an asset he is to, to the
4: football club Let's talk to Robert, who's a Rangers fan. Hi, Robert. Hi, guy.
8: How are you doing? So, sorry, keeping like you,
4: to, sorry, keeping you hanging on the line. What would you like Lord,
8: to say? Fine, fine. I would like to uh, congratulate uh, Gary on getting out. He swear word that he, sp- he done earlier on there the, the, the e word. I'm not even going to say it. Well done, Gary boy.
4: <laughs> right, we're we're all scratching our heads anyway. What would you like to say, Robert? <laughs>
8: he was talking about the England. He mentioned the England. Oh, world. England. Right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, don't don't worry. We'll so take, it actually we'll
4: be, swore there. We'll, we'll be taking disciplinary action against them. Don't worry. What would you like to say, Robert?
8: Yeah, basically what it is. See what's happening now with Celtic. Basically, they're getting a taste of what Rangers have went through the past few years. Celtic dominated that league as we all know because there was no competition for them. Now they are getting to the stage now that Rangers were they are going to need a to totally rebuild. And they're going to go through the same process Not going down the leagues But I mean, they're going to go through the same process Trying to build, trying to get the team back up again But I'll agree with some of my Celtic friends That they need a change of management And they need a total change And build around some of the players eh, That they brought in just now Because they need, they need to do something Because, not boasting here But I don't think there'll be a match for Rangers next season The way Rangers are going just now Because they're already planning ahead for next year
4: do you expect Rangers to, to, to have a, a few years of domination now?
8: I think so, yes. If Celtic don't got on top of it just now, as I say, uh, Celtics had dominated the week, the last 9, 10, whatever it is, uh, and we're not having Rangers in there. We're going down to the bottom <laughs> tier, but now Rangers are building up. Gerard, when he came in, he did say, give me two and a half, three years, and that's exactly what it's telling him, and he's got them to where he wants them. And I think that's... I'm not saying it's going to take them that long, but I think they're going to need to do something similar, which Jera's done, a rebuild and get a manager in that knows this game. Gary. And what out the players that he's got. What does Gary think about that? Yeah, I wish I got two and a half, three years at football clubs as the manager.
6: <laughs> <laughs> that's my first thing. <laughs> uh, I, I think the club deserve a lot of credit for that, for giving him two and a half, three years, because... Yeah. A lot of other clubs might have got rid of Steven Gerrard last summer because he had two yeah. years of spending money building a football club. But I think what you could see, and I, and I said it, I got ridiculed a little bit after the the League Cup final. I felt like Rangers were a better team at that point. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were closing the gap. It was very evident from a football point of view that that, that gap was closing. And although Celtic won the cup that day, the, the, the warning signals was yeah. there for the football club and, and they didn't really react to that and Rangers then went to January strengthened, the summer strengthened and they have, in fairness to the club, backed the manager to the hill in the transfer market and gave him the time to to implement his plans and he's, he's delivered in a sense that I think probably when he went into the job the main aim was stop 10 in a row and, and it looks like he's on the way to doing that
4: Robert, here's the the Rangers team to to face Royal Antwerp uh, at 8 o'clock, so about an hour and 20 minutes away, uh, McGregor and Goals Tavernier, Goldson Hilander and Barisic uh, Davis, Kamara, Arfield back in the team straight back in for him Aribo, Roof and Morellas. what do you make of that Robert?
8: Absolutely Brian I was just going to say they need Ruth Morales up front you need somebody going at them and getting in there I feel being back in it can control it because uh, you definitely need to just go to this team and they, I think they will I think it will be hard but I think they will get a result I think as I heard you he saying earlier on I think a draw will be a good result to come yeah. back to that,
4: that This must be the first time Craig in a long time that Ryan Kent hasn't started a big European game for Rangers
8: yeah, but
5: we, we know the, the ability of Ryan Kent and, and maybe in this type of game, being away from home, Rob, you might, um, you know, Stephen Jeddah will get the opportunity at some stage in the game to, to, to throw on a couple of players to, to go on and make an impact. Kent can make an impact. Um, you know, he's the type mm. of player that will ask questions. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's not starting. He'll be disappointed. It's just important that he uses that disappointment in the in the right way to then go and, and, and benefit the team. But I think it's a really winnable match for Rangers. Um, like, so there's, there's no easy matches uh, in, in, Europe, in Europe, but I think it's definitely a, a wonderful opportunity. Uh, there could have been tougher games, in my opinion.
4: Robert, scoreline, what are you expecting tonight?
8: It's going to be hard, but... <sighs> I'll
4: go for a 1-0-1 for Rangers. 1-0 Rangers in Belgium, which would set themselves up nicely for the second leg next week. Robert, thanks for calling. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Cheers. All Billy. the best. That's Robert, Rangers Cheers. fan, expecting 1-0 in Belgium tonight. That team again for you. McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Helander, Barisic, Kamara, Davis, Arfield, Aribo, Roof and Morelis, Royal Antwerp against Rangers. Kick-off at 8 o'clock.
0: The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go!
4: That was an hour and 20 minutes ahead of kickoff. We brought you first news of the Rangers team to face Royal Antwerp in Belgium. We had a good chat with Kevin Muscat in the first hour of the show, the former Rangers defender who managed in Belgium and he'd uh, terrific inside knowledge about the opponents tonight. Now we know the Rangers 11, which will start as they return to the European stage tonight. Eyebrow raising, maybe Scott Arfield uh, straight back in to the Rangers midfield eyebrow raising as well that Ryan Kent uh, doesn't play Uh, you have to go back a fair way I think in terms of big European matches uh, to find out occasions where he didn't start one of these big European games for Rangers but he's on the bench and it's a strong squad and Rangers will look to lay the foundation's Tonight to get the job done at Ibrox next week. So eight, eight o'clock start tonight. It's five to six next week in Glasgow. McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Hilander Barisic, Kamara, Davis, Arfield, Aribo, Roof, and Morellas. Roof and Morellas back, of course, after domestic bans. Although uh, Kemar Roof is still a game to miss uh, domestically at the weekend. On the bench for Rangers: McLaughlin, Simpson, Balogun Jack, Wright, Stewart, Hadji Kent and Eton so it is a really strong squad back to that in a moment just saw you engaging today on social media Craig Moore um, well I think it was Craig Hughes wasn't it uh, someone who'd suffered uh, the, or- the ordeal of uh, testicular cancer and it, and it yeah. just reminded me something I'd probably forgotten about which was that you went through that back in 2008
5: 2008 yeah um, and it was look, I mean obviously after that Rob, I had a few people kind of reach out, Craig being one of them because, it, you know, was something that I'd gone through. I was very fortunate where um, I got to the doctors early after, you know, feeling a, a lump that didn't feel right. And then the action, you know, from then going to see the doctor, getting an ultrasound, getting in getting an operation, uh, I played 10 days later. Yeah. Uh, I was very fortunate where I never had to undergo any chemo or, or anything like that. My brother ended up having a a few years after me, and, and went through the the chemo. So, look, I was delighted to to hear from Craig. Um, you know, because it is with men we're not great. We're not we're still not great at talking about no. how we're feeling or if there's any issues. And uh, it's important that we do do speak about those things. We do get to to the doctors, uh, and, and sometimes you know the older you get as well, it might just be that you, you feel you know it could be lonely. So your mental health and all those, all those kind of things, but. My experience, Rob Light like says, it was a really scary experience because I didn't, I didn't know. You, you hear cancer, and, and and your life just flashes in, in front of your eyes. Um, but I was very fortunate where I had a good network. Frank Farina was a coach at the time. He said, "Listen, uh, Craig, he says you know, get your backside into training, get yourself in bouncing about people." I was one of the lucky ones.
4: Yeah, and we've uh, we've certainly you know uh, joined the campaign on this show in terms of uh, just awareness and 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 people checking themselves out. I mean, yeah. it's, it's all very straightforward, isn't it? Check, check yourself out.
5: Yeah, and I mean, look, men are normally not too bad at having their hand down there anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, like it's just more, it's like I a lot of people, sometimes they feel something and they kind of have a little bit of a doubt and think, mm, that doesn't really feel right. And, and they'll sit on that for three, six, nine months a year. Um, but the, the message is, and the important message is, that if you are um, unsure of anything in terms of, you know, a lumps or... or get yourself to the doctors. It's the best way. Um, find out early doors because, you know, like in anything, um, early intervention is is so crucial in, in, in
6: any type of cancer.
4: Awareness is better than it was, Gary, but we've still got a fair way to go.
6: Yeah, definitely. But I, I think the key to it is speaking. You know, like you said, whatever it is, whatever your issue is, uh, men need to, to speak up about it, uh, whether it's friends, family or or going to get medical help then then you need to talk and especially at this time such a difficult time for everyone I think it's important we all kind of stay together by whatever medium we choose whether it be social media or picking up the phone or mm. you know st- stay in touch with people because it's, it's very important and and, and let people know uh, you know, what, what's wrong with you, whether that be physical or, or mental.
4: You never quite know what we're going to talk about next on this show. Well, we don't know, so you don't have a clue, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, listening, even though it is obviously meticulously planned, he lied. Just a few minutes left, time to talk a little bit more uh, about that Rangers game, which kicks off in just over an hour's time. We brought you the team news. And uh, Gary, how are you feeling about Scott Arfield uh, straight back into that Rangers midfield tonight?
6: Yeah, I think Scott Arfield's a tremendous player. I'm I'm surprised he's he's in tonight an away game uh, in Europe. I think he gives Rangers a, a real attacking threat. I think he's uh, he arrives in the box. His timing at arriving in the box is excellent. I think he provides the the front three with you know some penetrating runs. Mm. Uh, and I, like I said, I, I felt. Jack would have been in there to give them solidity in the middle of the park and and allow the front three to to go and do their stuff. So uh, it signals Stephen Gerrard's intent. I think he's going there to win uh, with with that team. Uh, And and like I said, his attack and threat will will be a big part of the game. But it'll be interesting to see how defensively uh, they they cope uh, being away from home.
4: Yeah, he's certainly sending out a positive message, isn't he, with that team selection, Craig?
5: Yeah, no, he is. And look, I mean, obviously, you know, Ryan Jack has had his uh, injury concerns as well. So it might be, you know, a little bit in terms of looking after, um, you know, Ryan there in terms of making sure he's not playing too much too early, but he's a great person to, to have on your bench there. I mean, Holanda coming in, but we've seen him obviously in the, in the European games, pretty solid uh, man-to-man kind of defender. Yeah. Um, yeah, Arfield the interesting one, but like I said, we touched on earlier with Morelos and, and and how he does occupy defenders. So if he can start to drag central defenders into areas where they don't want to go, then you know that Arfield will exploit that.
6: They, they, they could also they could also with that they might want to press as a front two with Roof and Morelos and a Rebo drop into a midfield four out of possession. So so tactically it it gives them. A bit of flexibility uh, out of possession. Does Does Arfield narebo drop in the sides and and presses a four four two, but when in possession become a four three three. So, I'm I'm sure they've worked in it. I think tactically, you know Rangers have been uh, exceptional. I think. Michael Bale, Stephen Gerrard deserve a lot of credit for that. I think the way they set up, the understanding of how they play, how they press uh, has been excellent. So it'll be interesting to see how this team does set
4: up in and out of possession. And they've
5: they've really enjoyed their time and their games and they've been hugely uh, successful in Europe, haven't they?
4: yeah sure have um, I mean that's an 8 o'clock start some of the games obviously are well underway some of them started at 5 to 6 uh, so some are into the second half or certainly at half time already not quite sure how much we can read into this one Club Bruges who of course are the Belgian League leaders ahead of Royal Antwerp uh, their match is finished in Kiev they've drawn 1-1 away from home with uh, Dynamo Kiev so uh, can we read anything into that? not sure to be perfectly honest AC Milan are a goal up uh, against Red Star Belgrade away from home of of the British teams, Man United halfway through are one-nil up against Real Sociedad in Spain. Tottenham are a three-nil up away from home in their game. Leicester nil-nil in Prague against Slavia. Roma ahead in Portugal against Sporting Braga. Uh, young boys in Switzerland three-nil up already uh, against Bayer Leverkusen. How much did Europe matter? To, to Rangers lots of Rangers fans will say forget Europe we just want the title can they not have both?
5: Well, they'd, yeah they would probably love to have both but I, I guess when, when they're asked that question if it was one or the other then for every Rangers fan they, they didn't want to see Celtic win 10 in a row so the league was the most important thing anything else now is a bonus
4: scoreline tonight Craig? only a 2-0 for Rangers 2-0 for Rangers yeah. well it's a positive selection and you're going for a positive result Gary how do you see it?
6: I'll go 2-1 Rangers
4: Rangers thanks a lot Gary thanks for joining us in the studio tonight hopefully you will come back for more if it wasn't too painful an experience for you Gary Caldwell and uh, Craig Moore on the show tonight we are back uh, tomorrow with more reflections on Rangers at that point with Paul Cooney Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry 5 till 7 tomorrow we'll see you for that
0: The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go